so Apple Music, um, the whole lossless Apple Music thing, Rob. What, what your what your initial thoughts on that? I suppose just very quickly for people who aren't aware, there's we in June. We're not sure when in June, but there's going to be an update to Apple Music that will include lossless playback. So basically, CD quality and higher. We're told from Apple Music, which if you use Tidal or Amazon Music or any of the other services that have that already, um, this is something that Apple Music hasn't had for quite some time. And I, I think it's overdue, personally. I'm very excited about it. But there is a downside, which we'll get onto in a minute. But what, what were your first thoughts on it? I've been quite vocal about how little I like the way Apple Music sounds. I've tried them all. I've tried the, the, your Spotify's and your Amazon Music's and your Tidal's and your Co-Buzz's. If there's a streaming music service, I've tried it. Um, Deezer as well. And that was a surprise to me. I quite enjoyed Deezer when I tried that for a few months. Um, but my issue is that it just sounds weird to me, to my ears. Uh, I, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll find out what you think in a sec, I guess. But it sounds like it's been through some sort of like high pass filter or something. It's just, it sounds a bit dull and lifeless. And it's just missing that sparkle for me in the top end. Mm. And um, I think the, the lower end is maybe artificially boosted a little bit. It sort of gets a bit flabby and overpowers some of the other stuff. So I've never liked the way Apple Music sounds, which is a real shame given how invested I am in the Apple, Apple ecosystem because it kind of precludes me from taking advantage of the cost savings in the Apple One subscription service, yeah. which I would do I would because I'm into all, all of the other stuff. Um, but the, the fact that I would still have to get a different music service means that it doesn't the, the maths doesn't work out for me so i'm excited to give it a listen and see if i can get on with it mm. now and it would just make my life so much easier because of everything else being apple it would allow me to access my music library in a more convenient manner particularly now that um you can play it on other stuff because for a long time you couldn't play it on amazon echoes for example um, I can't remember when that became available, but I was you know, pleased when it did, apart from the fact that I don't use it because I don't like the way it sounds. But what do you reckon on the way it sounds? Um, I, I'm similar, really. Although, to be honest, I hadn't noticed until I started using something else. So still, I started using uh, Tidal and Spotify. I then realised how, how poor it is. Poor is probably a bit unfair, actually. It's, I think you've, you've explained it quite well in terms of um, just... There's something not quite right about it. And it, it, to me, it feels, it just sounds a bit muddier and, and less detailed when I switch between something else and Apple Music. Um, but that said, like I say, I hadn't noticed that until I used something else. I always thought it was okay. Great, you know, it was just the, the the kind of music streaming service that I used for many years. Um, and that's partly through laziness, I think. Um, but my, my whole kind of feeling about Apple Music has been tainted a little bit by previous... Uh, issues I've had I think I can't remember if I mentioned this on the last podcast I've certainly mentioned it on the on our server um the discord server that I had a huge issue when they released uh, iTunes match remember that when you kind of signed up and you uploaded all of your library to to iTunes and it essentially gave you access to it on any device that you had the problem that I had it went up fine it seemed to work okay but I then started to realize that I had incorrect album art on, on certain tracks and certain albums. And basically, to cut a long story short, it, it was a, a known bug where iTunes Match would just completely trash your entire library in terms of the album art. And it's still broken now. I've still got albums, even though I don't use Match. I don't think Match is even a thing anymore. I don't, I don't know if it's even a thing that you can turn on. But I haven't thought about Match in a decade right. at least. But it's still... Or, in, or Ping. Or Ping. Remember that. Went out with Ping, didn't it? Um, but it but it's still impacting my library. I've still got albums that, you know, I've got like a, a Pink Floyd album that has got a cover from, I don't know, you know, Foo Fighters or something. And for me, for someone who's as anal as me about this stuff, that really irritates me. So I think that also the... Um, Does not, it matter since they got rid of cover flow? Not really. I just know it's there. <laughs> used to love Coverflow. I don't oh, know why the, um, that died. The thing that you kind of flick through like a, a library yeah. of books. Yeah. It doesn't really matter now, to be fair. But it's it's just one of those things that I know know it happened and it bothered me. Um, and also things like the playlists on, on Apple Music. I, I, I think Spotify's light years ahead with that. So as a, as a package, 
Apple TV just bothers me a bit. So moving away from it has actually been quite enjoyable um, to the point where, although this, you know, the lossless um, stuff is coming along, I'm, I'm quite excited about it, but I'm not that bothered about getting back to Apple Music, really, I don't think. Um, what, what, what has it got to do to kind of bring you into Apple One? What, what, what have they got to do to make it worth it for you? Um, it's got to not sound the way it does at the moment. And if they're upping the bit rate and the sample rate, then it should sound better, hopefully. So, yeah, if it sounds on par with your Amazon Music HDs and your titles and your Quo buzzes, um, then it'll do. The, the problem is I just can't tolerate it. They gave me a free trial recently. Um, they were like, oh, you haven't tried Apple Music in ages. Why don't you give it another go? So I was like, all right. Um, and yeah, it still sounded horrible to me. I, again, I, I agree. In, in isolation, it's probably fine. It's probably uh, good enough. But once you've spoiled your ears with something else, that's it's very problem. difficult. You can't unhear it. You can't. You can't unhear. For me, Tidal. When I first heard their their top top end kind of master quality, uh, with a really decent pair of headphones and a, a decent amp and DAC. Yeah, you just don't want to hear anything else ever again, do you? And um, I appreciate this is a relatively small market. You know, we're talking kind of audiophile stuff here. Um, I've only really recently got into that myself. But I know the vast majority of people don't really care. They just want to listen to their favourite bands. And as long as they can hear it on their, on their little um, earpods, they're, they're quite happy, aren't they? So this is quite I, I think market. it's a growing market, and I think that's why they've had to address it. Mm. Because you see the, the iFi Zen every... YouTube has got an iFi Zen now on streamers. It's all over Twitch. Yep. Um, having some sort of audio interface is is a requirement now in the the modern online world. So I think they had to do something about it. Yeah. And the fact that they're giving it well, not giving it away, but at no additional cost has like really put the cat amongst the pigeons, hasn't it? Yeah, I think that's... I was worried they were going to charge a bit more for it, but I'm, I'm glad they've done that. Um, what, what do you think about Atmos and spatial audio for music? I'm undecided until I hear it. So I've... I've when I got my AirPods Pro recently, I, tr- I tried some films on it, mm. and I enjoyed the head-tracking nature of that. So there's a particular scene in Pixar's Wally, where he's uh, whizzing around the screen, propelled by a fire extinct, yeah, fire extinguisher, yep. and the audio design in that is very good. It's you know you can really hear him coming from behind you, over your head, and and in front of you, off to another to the other corner of the room, and yeah, with the head tracking on, hmm. it really it's really convincing. How applicable that is to music, I don't know, because they've been trying to do this. For a while, this isn't a new idea. Deezer have had 360-degree audio in partnership with Sony for quite some time, and yeah. I don't know how much that's taken off. Yeah, um, but it would be cool, yeah. it? you know, for live recordings or whatever. If you've got several mics placed around the venue, and you could have that kind of front of you know front of um, stage experience hmm. that would be really cool so I, I i i'm curious to see what happens but i don't know that it's a game changer no it's a weird one isn't it i think yeah maybe you've hit on something there with the, with the live music that, that could be quite quite a good experience i suppose but and I, i've tried it as well with movies and tv and it is it's genuine it's one of those things that you try and you can't quite get your head around it it's like when you first get a macbook and with the um touch trackpad that isn't actually a clickable trackpad and you turn the MacBook off and it's not clickable and your brain just kind of stops working at that point. I, I, it's a similar thing with spatial audio. It's, it's that clever and that effective as well. And it's not, it's a little bit gimmicky, but it's not gimmicky to the point where you just try it and think, ah, oh, that's, that's impressive, but I won't ever use it. I can see a benefit of sitting there with your, with your AirPods on, you know, watching, uh, although it's not working on Apple TV yet, is it? I was about to say Apple TV. I don't think you can it's not, no. Which is a bit odd. Um, which I, I, I don't know why that is. No, there was probably a technical reason for it. But I, I imagine that maybe it needs a device with a U one chip in it to probably. work out your orientation relative to the device. So you can you can uh, <laughs> you can do a 
a, a rubbish workaround by hooking up your iPad or your iPhone to your telly and watching your content via that. And then obviously the head tracking works. You just like plonk your iPad down in front of the telly. Interesting. Um, I probably won't be doing that's that. That's a bit. It's a bit rubbish, isn't it? A little bit. But yeah, but, you could, but yeah, you could sit there watching your iPad in, the, in that case, and and it's it's genuinely impressive. But I think for music, it's it, that is gimmicky for me. I know that they've got some. I can't think who. It, it was a bunch of artists that I'd never listened to um, at all, so I, I can't remember who they were. But uh, they have got a bunch of people who have recorded stuff in either Atmos or. Um, spatial audio so I suppose Apple have got the grunt haven't they they've got the the influence to to bring people on board with this but I think personally I think the lossless thing is the is the bigger story here I think that's the thing that's um but the, the big the big part of this story is the fact that AirPods Max won't work with it certainly to begin with well to a degree I think that they can't say that they are compatible because Bluetooth can't handle 24-bit, 96, kilo, 192 even, I think it goes up to, doesn't it? You, yeah, you can't right. cram that much data over a Bluetooth connection. But if you go into if you go into your audio MIDI settings on Mac OS and you look at the transmission rate, you can see that they support 24-bit, 48, okay. which, you know, so better than CD quality. So I think it will still sound better than it did. Okay. Um, but they can't they can't pitch it as being supporting lossless because yeah I mean it can't they can't do it although they they're going to bring it to the home pods aren't they via a software update that piece of news kept changing when when I was writing my article about it I, I kept an eye on I think it was Matt Rumors and clearly they were having trouble with it because every every ten minutes a new article came out saying it's not compatible with HomePod. It is compatible with HomePod. I think by the time I'd published mine it was then suddenly compatible with HomePod even though I'd said it wasn't so. That I didn't understand that because HomePod doesn't rely on Bluetooth. It's just playing the source, isn't it? So I can't see any reason why it wouldn't play that lossless format. Yeah, I don't know how much value there is in that, though. I mean, how good are the speakers in the HomePod? They're not really? brilliant. Have you got one? Have you got the, the mini? I haven't, them? no. So I'm, all, I'm fully echoed up. So yeah, all my smart speaker, um, anywhere I can fit one in, <laughs> there's already an echo there. It's okay. I've got the mini. I've got the the HomePod mini. It's it's not as mind blowing as you you led to believe by some reviews and things, but it's um it's all, it's all right. I, I think you've you've hit the nail on the head though. It's not going to sound massively better or different really with with lossless. And you, you where you can hear that is on a, a decent pair of headphones. So I think I, I still think there's something more to this story, and I think we're probably going to find out possibly at WWDC maybe later this year. And it's going to be I think either an update to AirPlay. Um, or, or something that Apple are going to do in terms of, you know, bringing bringing the AirPods fully alive to the point where they can actually say this is these are completely compatible with lossless. Because, like you say, they can't technically say that at the moment. I don't think they can even say it about the auxiliary cable, the thirty five pounds auxiliary cable. I don't think that is fully compatible with it because it does something funny. Well, there's a, there's a DAC in the cable. Yeah. So you've got your digital signal coming from your source which is converted to an analog signal going into the AirPods Max, which internally has a DAC. It's so a DAC. you've got, yep. it's going from digital to analog, back to digital, and therefore cannot be lossless. There will be some loss of fidelity there. Yeah. But again, it will still probably sound better than it does at the moment. Well, I mean, it definitely will, because Apple Music sounds horrible. It will. Well, who knows? We'll see. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the, um, the default thing positioning on this it, it does just sound rubbish and I, I think i'll try it I'll, I'll certainly give it a bit of an a b test in terms of uh, you know normal apple music versus lossless but um while we're on the subject of headphones you're wearing a different pair of headphones today rob which i think I, they definitely they need to be mentioned because i do have a pair of these and as you mentioned just before we um, started recording i don't talk about them very much but they're superb and i think i'd like to give them some airtime. yeah so i'm currently wearing some uh, Bang & Olufsen H9s, or H9s or H9Is, I what, forget. What is it with headphones uh, and terrible names? Yeah. Um, and the reason I went for them was because they have a user-replaceable standard battery. I've got a real B in my bonnet about <laughs> captive, non-user-serviceable batteries that doesn't have to be that way, like the Magic Mouse. Mm. Sorry, Martin. <laughs> Um, the the original Magic Mouse, you could put batteries in it. 
and it was thoughtfully designed so that they went both the same way mm. round. I think they were just standard double A's, and you know it lasted well over a year. I think on a, you know, on a single set of batteries, so there was no need to put a rechargeable, non-user accessible battery in that, and that annoys me. So yeah, the and unfortunately, Bang and Olsen have done it with their headphones now. So all of from from the third revision, I think, of the H nines that has got a captive battery. You may be able to get in there and, and replace it with some jiggery pokery, but it's not how it is on this particular set that I have, where mm. you just twist a cap off and it's got a stand. It's like the old um, digital camera batteries, you know, the sort of square oh, yeah. ones. Yep. So, you know, I've got several of those knocking about. So it just means nice. that if I do run out of juice because I've forgotten to charge them, I can just swap that over real, really quickly and really easily. Um, but the main reason I got them was because, first of all, they look cool. They don't look like anything else. Yeah, they're like all them. sort of metal, and um, they just they look nice. Um, but most importantly, obviously, they sound fantastic. Mm. Um, so I listened to your Bose QC35s. This was before the 700s came out. I haven't heard those, but I'm led to believe they're fantastic. So yeah, the, all the usual suspects in the wireless noise cancelling headphone space. Your uh, your Sony XM4s yada 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 um but there's just something about the way these sound and it's it's not flat there's there's no. very, there's, there's a flavor in there that uh i quite enjoy i've got some sennheiser wide wired headphones that go into a headphone amp and dac for when i want to do some critical listening but just for enjoyment mm. it's got enough flavor that it doesn't offend my ears and it doesn't get fatiguing over time because yeah. I've had various headphones in the past that have got some sort of character that just becomes a bit difficult to listen to over a longer period of time. Yeah. So yeah, so I, I stitched you up as I usually do, didn't I? By yep. uh, pointing you pointing you in the direction of a deal on a on, on an equivalent set, making me spend so, yeah, more what, money. What do you the, make of them? Yeah, what making me spend more money under the pretense of making me save money, which was an interesting yeah. way. Of, it worked though because I got them. Um, I think they're great. I, I don't think the ones that I've got have got uh, the replaceable battery. No, so you've got the third gen. Yeah. So I've got the ones that, that you can't you can't service yourself. But same thing. I think they're fantastic. Um, I will do some form of content on them. I've, I've been considering comparing them against the AirPods Max at some stage. Um, I did the obvious comparison between the XM4s and the AirPods Max because those two, uh, certainly in, in terms of, of interest, the Sonys have been well up there. I think... The B and O's that they're they're a bit of a they're almost like a cult hit I think aren't they That's the impression I get with them, like a lot of B and O stuff. Um, but I think they're fantastic. They're great, and they do genuinely sound better plugged in as well, which isn't really the case with the Sony's. I don't think very 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 marginal, um, and and it's definitely not the case with the AirPods Max with that stupid thirty five pound cable. Um, but with these, they definitely sound better. Um, and they'll be interesting actually to to try out with the with Apple Music when when the lossless format comes out. I think. Yeah, they're just they're they're, they're different. I don't don't know that I'd wear them outside. No, but then I wouldn't the wear the AirPods Max outside either. I, I I wrote about this recently that I I'm embarrassed to own the AirPods Max, um, to the point where I don't wear them on on calls, even though they are the best headphones for calls I've ever used because of transparency mode. It's unfortunate, isn't it? I've got the same issue with the the new Pride Band, which looks spectacular but costs a hundred pounds. Oh, I keep thinking about, and it. I would want to wear it all of the time, but I wouldn't want anyone to see me wearing it because then they'd know I spent a hundred pounds on a <laughs> strip of rubber, which is insane. It, we're going all over the place now, but it's worth talking about. It. I I love that Pride Band. If no, if people who are listening to this haven't seen it yet, go onto Apple's website, go to the Apple Watch um, accessories page, look at the straps, and I think at the moment it's the headline strap that they've got and it's the new pride one and it's just it's a work of art isn't it it really it looks superb and uh, as as you know I've, I've got a bit of an apple watch strap problem yeah um but and it's it's been in and out of the basket several times but i just, i can't do it i can't do it it's still in the basket for me the, the <laughs> problem with it i think i said this the other day is that you it the price looks ridiculous when you look at it just on the product page, but it looks even more ridiculous when it's in your basket and there's a checkout button just beneath it because you, you then start to, it just becomes more real at that point. Moving on to something completely different, Google I.O. Now, just to preface this, I've not watched it at all. I've never watched a Google event, unsurprisingly, um, but I think you have. Did, did you watch some of it, most of it, all of it? Oh, I'm all over this stuff. I love it. 
So I'm not exclusively Apple. I, I, I prefer Apple stuff and I use it because I'm, you know, old and grumpy and I just want stuff to be, I want decisions to be made for me. I'm cool. I've reached that age where I'm cool with that. 10 years ago, I would have been all Windows and Android and tinkering. I had the first Android phone. I've had several Android phones, but mm. yeah, any sort of new tech. I'm not, I'm sort of vendor agnostic. I, if, if it's cool, I'm, I'm there, I'm getting involved. Yep. So yeah, I like to keep up on all of that sort of stuff. So I watched Google I.O. and uh, I, yeah, I even watched Microsoft Build wow. uh, yesterday. Um, and you yeah, and three if you others. The, if you thought that the Google I.O. presentation was dull by comparison to the <laughs> Apple one, the, the yeah, Microsoft Build just sent the bar through the floor. I wonder why. I wonder why they're getting it so wrong. And I know Apple has a bit of a leg up with this, just with the just the amount of effort they put into it. But you know, Microsoft, Google—they've they've got the same resources, haven't they? They've got very similar bank accounts. I just wonder why they just don't seem. Yeah, to well, I mean, in in fairness to Microsoft, it's a very different kind of event. If they're very focused on the developers. Yeah. That said, they had old Satnav Nutella just wobble <laughs> on for an hour before they actually started showing anything which is the polar opposite to what you get with Tim Cook, who, as we discussed last time, is mm. you, he gets just enough screen time that he doesn't become annoying. Yeah. So, but yeah, when you've got the CEO just talking at you for an hour, it's, uh, it's difficult to stay engaged. But what, what, was the, what was the overriding kind of message with, with IO? Because I, I, I listened to um, an episode of a Twit from Sunday, and they were having quite an interesting conversation about it, and um, they weren't particularly impressed. I think they mentioned a, a, a moment when, um, I can't think who it was, but whoever it was that was on stage was talking to Pluto for some reason, and they, they weren't very happy about that. Yeah, it was Sundar. Why so, was he yeah, that? he was demonstrating this. Um, it, I mean, it is, it's incredible. Don't, I need to sort of frame it with this, mm. in that the, they, they were demonstrating an AI conversation engine that is dynamic and gets us much closer to being able to talk to a computer as though it were a person. Um, so it can, in real time, make decisions about what an appropriate response might be. Mm. And, yeah, for some reason, the best thing they could come up with to demonstrate this was talking to Pluto, and Pluto was making jokes, and it was all a bit weird. Um, and Why Pluto? I think... I don't, I don't, I don't know. But So, yeah, I, it, and it was, it was very much... Uh, this is not something that's ready yet. This is... Mm. This, they were talking about this is where we're going. We want to be able to have, you know, a really fluid conversation with our conversational AI. Um yeah, really cool. Um, but kind of the thing I like about Google Assistant is how Spartan it is. I think if it starts cracking jokes like Siri, who makes just some yeah extraordinarily irritating quips at times on yep. the assumption that she's understood you, which she never does. Um, in fact, Google Assistant is the best voice assistant by a country mile nothing comes close but that's what you want don't you what have you found i agree i completely agree i I, I like i I still like alexa although alexa we've got one alexa in the kitchen that is gradually getting less and less interested in us uh, to the point where she just doesn't respond um you know an alarm will go off and you'll say alexa stop and she just won't won't listen at all even if you're standing right next to her um but aside from that yeah they're they're streets ahead of, of siri um the number of times I ask Siri something and it always defaults to the "Here's what I found on Google," which is just infuriating. Um, and yeah, the, the quips it does do some odd odd things. Um, like with with lights, the lights that I've got in the studio. If I ask it to, you know, turn the lights blue or whatever, it'll do it, and then it'll say "Voila." And you think, well, why have you just done that? It's annoying. Oh, it's, it's cringeworthy, isn't it? So, I I don't know. I don't know what they're planning on doing with it, but I hope it doesn't make its way into, you know, the, the regular day-to-day um, voice assistant kind of thing. Because I I appreciate how how business you 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 make your request, it yep. does what you want it to do, and it it's not annoying. If they start if it starts trying to have a chat with me, I'm gonna it's gonna ruin it. I think I'm I'm sure there are applications for it, but I don't. I, I don't want to see it in day-to-day no, use. No, um, it's too but much. That, 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 so that, I think that was one of the first things that they showed. Um, 
I guess, to make a statement about how how they're really pushing ahead yeah. with AI. Um, but obviously, being a an Apple fan, the things that I were interested in is what they what's what's happening over the other side of the fence. There, yeah. what are they doing with this yeah. Android twelve to bring things in in line? Because I went I went all Android for a year as an experiment. Um, with the S9, so I don't know when that would have been three, four years ago. Um, and I, I have a, I have a, my employer provides me with a, with a, an Android phone and a Windows laptop. So I, I use both ecosystems daily. I enjoy the convenience of of Apple, just the way stuff works. So I really appreciate rocking up to my M1 Mac Mini with mm. my Apple Watch and having it unlock automatically. Yeah. I like being able to transfer files between my devices seamlessly. Um, I like being able to respond to messages, whether I'm on my iPad or I'm on my Mac or whatever. It just, everything just kind of works. Like I'm, mm. I like being able to, uh, you know, beam stuff to the television via the Apple TV. It just, or use my phone as yeah. a remote when yeah. the proper remote was horrible. I quite like the new one. But the, the, there wasn't that sort of cohesion before. And uh, many of the things that they talked about this year were bringing things up to up to parity yep. really so you can now so they've there's a wholesale refresh of where os or except it's, it's just called where mm. now um because they've been lagging there haven't they really I and mean, they, they acquired fitbit and that was quite exciting and we've been sort of looking to see what they're going to do and now they've sort of teamed up with samsung to bring elements of the tizen um wearable um, system in, into where, so I, I think it's going to be really good. I think we're going to see a really a viable alternative to the Apple Watch because even hardcore Windows users, Android users, that I, I'm pretty sure that most people will be like, yeah, okay, fair play. The Apple Watch is actually quite good, isn't it? Well, it's just so far ahead, isn't it? I've not, admittedly, hands up, I've not used um, Tizen or Wear at all, so I've got no experience of it. But I'd love to try it out. I really would, and I think, um, but but the watch has just been so far ahead. Yeah, the Apple Watch has been. It's, I think it, it started off as a very weird product. It didn't know what it wanted to be, but they've they've gone down this route of it being almost solely fitness based. That's the, the, probably ninety percent of, of of the benefit for most people. Um, but it's just very focused. So, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I really hope they do. I, I think um, Android twelve. Although I didn't watch the announcement, I have installed it on the, the beta version on um, my Pixel. And it looks great. I mean, I've not had much time to play with it, but whenever I switch over to Android briefly and come back to iOS, I'm always a little bit disappointed with iOS that it hasn't moved on enough, just just visually. I know it has. I know there's so much has happened behind the scenes and some of the stuff you've just mentioned, that the integrations with the Apple ecosystem. We'll come on to some of that, actually, with Apple TV in a moment. But it's it just feels a bit a bit straight-laced and just not not... Uh, exciting enough whereas android does, although android always feels like it's about to crash because it's there's so much going on there's so many so many things you can tweak it's just a bit of a more exciting operating system and from what i've seen of of android 12 it looks fantastic it looks really good yeah i i love how it looks it really it makes ios like you said it looks you know old-fashioned mm. almost um but i mean the the Aside from how great it looks, and it really does look great, it looks that good that it's turned my head and I might seriously consider yep. doing another Android, seeing if I can can uh, can can do it. Um, alongside the other improvements that they've made. So they announced like you, you get an Android car quick car key equivalent to open your BMW <laughs> via an FC. So that's which obviously we've had with Apple for we ages. Have, I'd, I'd forgotten about that until you've just mentioned it. I'd completely forgotten about that that feature. Probably because I've, I've you know, got a car you, that's compatible. With do you not already open your BMW using your your phone? Then I don't have a BMW either, but I, no, I, <laughs> I don't. No, no. Um, I genuinely forgot they they'd done that. So all, all the, the sort of nice to haves that you've got when you're comfortably nestled in the the, the Apple mm. ecosystem, we're getting there with yeah. Android. So you can open your Chromebook using your phone to nice. automatically unlock. Um, there's uh, you can reply to your messages on your Chromebook when it's paired to your your Android phone. There's all 
it's they're pretty much there now yeah. i think yeah you know if you wanted to move wholesale over onto android you would have a similarly pleasant experience from from how it was presented and similarly with the wear thing you know they, they've improved the battery life you've got like turn by turn directions um nfc payments without having a phone which we've been able to do on apple watch for ages yeah you couldn't do that with wear before but you, you will be able to now um and obviously i imagine that their health and fitness offering is going to be on par with whatever apple can come up with because they are they, they bought fitbit didn't they so. yeah yeah it's got to be hasn't it i think, I think that fitbit acquisition that's going to seriously help them with that but um i'm quite excited by that to, to see what they do maybe rob maybe you should go back when when 12 is finally released and it's out of beta maybe you should um dive in again and see how you get on yeah i'll have to see what happens with a because i yeah it, in order to really fully enjoy Android, you've got to have stock Android, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. I, I like what OnePlus have done. That that's, they're, they're going to make tasteful change. But then you've got the opposite end of the scale. You've got your Samsungs, which mm. just butcher it. And then you know you don't see the latest uh, update for at least six months after every other vendor has shipped it. And that's and unfortunately, my work device is a Samsung. So I, 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 it'll be 2022 at the earliest if I don't buy a Pixel or something in the meantime. So yeah, if there's a Pixel 5a or something comes along. I could be uh, could be tempted. Yeah, I love the Pixel. I love my Pixel 4a. I, I used that for a, a month or so recently, and um, I miss it. Whenever I get it out, it's like, oh, I, I love this phone. And that is about as pure as you're going to get with with Android, obviously. Um, but yeah, I think it's quite an exciting time, isn't it, for, for, for Google? It's something which I will keep more, more of an eye on. Maybe, maybe I, I should watch future IOs. Perhaps it's something, if I can get past the, the boring presentation style. Uh, actually... Not as I don't. I don't know why. I I also got the impression that people were generally like, oh, "That's a bit dull, isn't it?" But I thought it was quite good. I, I actually uh, I like certainly more than the build conference. I'll check it out. I won't check build out. I'm afraid I won't go that far. <laughs> yeah, no, don't, don't, don't do it to yourself. Um, talking of ecosystems and stuff, um, got me thinking of Apple TV because I think, as I mentioned in my in in the last podcast, I did cause a bit of a, a ruckus on uh, Medium back in March when I suggested that Apple should can it. Um, but I bought one and it arrived last week and I absolutely love it. I can't believe awesome. what I've been missing out on, to be honest. I, I'm an idiot. Um, I know we've spoken about this uh, you know, offline about this and the thing that kind of knocked me back immediately was the picture quality. I know you've mentioned there's, there might be something hooky going on with my TV or the, the Skybox I'm comparing it against. And that might be the case. There's, there's clearly something not quite right. Um, but it, going back to what I was saying earlier about the whole Apple Music thing and not knowing what you're missing until you experience something else, that's exactly what happened when I plugged the Apple TV in. And it's it just looks fantastic. Um, and bearing in mind my previous experience with the Apple TV was the whatever version it was, version 2, when they, when they first introduced uh, 1080, 1080p. Um, so it was the old interface, you know, crappy image quality, etc. And this is just fantastic. I, I cannot get over how, how good it is. And uh, yeah, I want to issue a, an official apology on the, on the podcast for being so horrible about the Apple TV. But you're an aficionado. You, you, know, you, you were already in that, that fan club, weren't you? I, I don't know about aficionado. I don't, I don't maximise... The things it can do as much as I do, say, my iPad or my Mac or my phone. But I do. I'm glad it's there. Mm. It uh, it does make for a very pleasing TV experience. It's it's just it's the least worst <laughs> of all the TV boxes that I've tried. That's what they including should. Sky Q, which is pretty much the gold standard here in the UK. It is, yeah, it's pretty much what everyone has, isn't it? I think, but um, no, I'm I'm really pleased with it. And going back to the ecosystem thing and, and the way it links up with the with the iPhone, the, the two things that have impressed me, which don't get get the headlines really. One of them is that color correction thing. Have, have you tried that yet on on your TV? I can't remember if you said. Yeah, yeah, I did. I mean, it made a, a subtle but noticeable difference. It made my telly a bit warmer, so I guess my my TV must. Be you know calibrated too cool, but yeah. it, it it looks nice. Yeah, yeah. Same thing with mine. Again, it didn't it didn't change it massively, but it it, it was definitely noticeable. Um, but I just love the way that it's done with the iPhone. You know, placing your iPhone in front of the TV and doing it that way. The other thing, which I don't know if this is has, has been a, a feature on Apple TV for a while or not, or if it's something with the that's new with the the, the latest 4K version, is the wireless audio sync. 
don't know if you had to do this with yours, but um, for the uninitiated, basically you can set the Apple TV to correct any inconsistency between the audio and the video output. So quite often if you're listening to you know, your TV through an AV receiver or Bluetooth speakers or something, you, you sometimes get a, a delay between the sound and the, the video. Uh, this corrects that, and it works brilliantly, but it, the, the way it does it, it uses the iPhone. So the Apple TV plays some beeping sounds out of your your stereo or your, your surround sound system. The iPhone picks it up, and it adjusts it accordingly. And again, a, a little thing, something which most people will probably never use unless they're bothered about it or, or notice an issue with the with the sound and, and video sync but it was just yeah just a nice experience a really nice way of doing it what do you think of the new remote it's all right yeah i can't get too excited about remotes but and also i didn't experience the the horrendous outgoing remote so i'm 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 very conscious of how much that it was hated i know you weren't keen on it but i don't think anyone liked it it's it's not one of those products that um like the magic mouse you know we've got a couple of people in our discord server who actually like the magic mouse which is, is fine each of their own um i don't think that remote was like that i think everyone hated it is that is that fair to say do you think i, I reckon so yeah uh, but the new one's great yeah what, what, what do you think i'm annoyed that it hasn't got the uh u1 in it that's really that I is don't, i don't know about you but yeah the thing i tend to lose most in my on-trend crushed velvet sofa is the <laughs> apple tv remote so i would have uh, I'd, I'd have liked to have seen that their justification is well it's too it's too big to fall down the back of your sofa now is that their official line yeah wow okay interesting I, I, admittedly I, I don't lose remotes very often really um, but i know it's a a lot of people do um but i wouldn't say it's it's probably more easily losable than any other remote i've got i think it's quite compact, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, the thing I uh, I didn't figure out immediately was the the timeline scrubbing feature. So you know you can yeah. run your thumb around the the sort of scrolly wheel and then go the full length of whatever content it is you're watching. Mm. I didn't realise that you had to press and hold to get the spinny wheel icon before you could do that. So I was just sitting there spinning my thumb around and it was just going sort of 10 seconds forward and 10 seconds and back, back as yeah. I made it around. I think exactly like the thing. old uh, iPod yes. interface. So yeah, did you, did you pick that up straight away? No, I had the exact same problem. I, I, <laughs> and I keep forgetting as well. I, I keep forgetting that's what you have to do. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm not quite as keen on that. I, I, I mentioned this in, in my recent my video that's coming out about the, the Apple TV that I don't particularly like touch sensitive controls on on tv remotes purely because if i pick them up i'm worried that i'm going to do something in you know inadvertently fast forward or pause and i have i've had a horrible experience with the sky key remote the original sky key remote which is just the worst piece of technology ever ever made um so i've, I've kind of got that that's kind of tainted my view of, of that that kind of thing but um and i know with the apple tv remote you can change the sensitivity can't you in the settings but um i just i just want clicky buttons rob i don't i don't want these touch sensitive things they, they cause more problems than they're worth i think i think coming from the point of view where you hadn't experienced how difficult it was to get to a bit of a film that you wanted to say perhaps you were picking up from earlier and it lost your progress or whatever the situation was with the old remote it was a really painful process if you wanted to get to 31 minutes and 40 seconds it was practically impossible whereas now you can get there quite intuitively but yeah i did it did take me a couple of goes to wrap my head around it yeah i i, I think it's i think they've done a good job with this remote i think it's going to satisfy a lot of people uh, you still charge it via lightning which I won't go into my annoyances over that, but they ask one of those things. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm fully Apple TV'd up now. I'm, I'm, good, I'm definitely going to dive into HomeKit more. Um, I know you've, you've, you've given me some uh, kind of advice on what to, to look at, at that. I will try out the gaming side of it as well. I'm not a big gamer these days, but I'm quite excited to have a, have a, have a play around. That, that's the thing about um, the games on the Apple TV is they're... They're real. They're casual games. They're not mm. going to uh, appeal to your AAA blockbuster Call of Duty fans. No. But if you just want to sit down and play a game for five minutes, then there are there's plenty to choose from. It. There's a really there's some really great games. Yeah. Um, 
So like Chameleon Run, for example, is a really fun one that you can play with just the remote. Yep. And it's, you know, it's really fluid, 60 frames per second. Simple. It's one of those games that's got a really simple mechanic, but is, you know, difficult to master. The other thing that I had arrive recently is what I'm looking into at the minute, which is the, the UI Mac. And uh, I, I'm in love. It's it's amazing. It's a stunning computer, honestly. I I, I unboxed the, um, the Apple TV first and I had to leave the... Because the the problem is when when you do the when you shoot YouTube videos, it completely changes the unboxing experience. It it kind of elongates it by about three hours because you have to get your camera set up and do different angles and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, poor me. Um, but it but it does take something away from the unboxing. But when I was unboxing the um, the iMac, I did have to kind of stop and just kind of take it in a bit more because that it's. I think you mentioned this the the whole thing and it's all based around the color the color plays such a big role in this computer and it does hark back to the was it the g3 i think the the old imac mm. g3 um you know that the strap on the on the box has got this the color that you've chosen and all the peripherals have got that hue whether it be the blue or whatever you've gone with um, i'd love to see that for the other colored products oh it'd be amazing that, that braided yeah. color color matched lightning cable which should be a USB-C cable. Oh, a moan for another day. Oh, yeah, we'll but yeah, if, if they roll that out, if that comes to the other products, that would be really nice. I hope it does. I hope it does with the MacBooks. I know there's been lots of rumours recently about the, ne- you know, the next MacBook Air or MacBook, whatever it might be. Um, I really hope they do it. it. It just makes it the whole thing a bit more fun. Um, We've got Mac Mini rumours now, haven't we? The, and it looks like they're going to go back to the original Apple TV Remember the original Apple TV? I do. And yep. the, the original Mac Mini G4? Apparently it's going to look a bit like that. Well, okay. we'll, we'll see. But. Well, that will just be silver though, won't it? They won't They won't make that give you the, the choice of oh, colours. Apparently it's going to have a white top. Okay. Oh, oh so fully back to the, the Apple TV. Mm. Oh, okay, interesting. But yeah, anyway, sorry, back to the iMac. Yeah, what, but back what, to the what, iMac. How's yeah. it going? It's just amazing. It's, it's great. I, it's... Um, the screen size is interesting because I, I've, as you know, I've behind me, I've, I've got the big 34 inch um, ultra wide screen, which I love. And it's the best screen for editing video, you know, working with audio and all that sort of stuff. But there's something quite satisfying about going down to this smaller 24 inch screen. Um, it keeps you focused on one thing at a time. I did find with the, with the widescreen that I was trying to put too many things on the screen at once just because I could. You know, you'd have Discord open and perhaps Ulysses and Trello and you'd have all these apps open just because just you could you could do it. And focusing on one thing becomes quite difficult. Um, there are productivity gains to be had from that. But yeah, there's just something nice about having a screen that isn't too big, it's not too small. You have one window open, you focus on that. And it is, it's the Retina iMac screen, which as I've always said, is they're just fantastic screens. You cannot get better at this price point at all. Yeah, I've 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 never owned one. I've always been, I've always gone off and got my own monitor, and always been a little bit envious of the whole yeah. iMac thing. Because, like you say, they they are spectacular, aren't they? They really are. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, in summary, it's just a very a very nice update to the iMac. Um, I just want the talking of screen sizes. I'm looking forward to the next, the bigger one in terms of what they do with that from a pro perspective. Um, the white bezels on this one. Don't bother me, to be honest. It it, it 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 does that disappearing trick while you're using it. You do just kind of immerse yourself in the screen, um, and I think that the lack of the the black bezels, the you know the, the fact that there isn't the the Apple logo on the on the chin, um, and the fact that the chin is not a it's a it's a kind of lighter shade of the color that you've chosen. So I went with the blue one. That you know the blue on the black on the back of the iMac is very deep, very kind of uh, stark, whereas the the hue on the front, on the, on the chin, is much more sort of gentle. And it it, it genuinely kind of disappears. And you, you just immerse yourself in the actual experience of using the computer. So it's lovely. Yeah, I, I, I highly recommend it. I'm, I'm very impressed. I wasn't sure what I was going to think of it, to be honest. It was one of those um, purchases that I, I needed to get it for the channel to review. But I'm going to use it now. I'm, I'm going to keep it on this desk and, and use it for as long as I, as I want to, really. When you get the big one... Hmm. Are you going to go for a Larry color, or are you going to keep it business and go with the silver? Have you have you seen anyone unbox or you know review? The yeah, one? I, I haven't seen anyone. I think do that yet. I think I might, I might have to rewatch his video. I've got a feeling that MKBHD has got the silver one. They no. seem to always give him the really terrible cover colors. They they gave him the green um, AirPods Max, which is easily the worst color. But um, 
I think his was silver, but yeah, I've seen I've seen most of the unboxings for the other colours, and I do, if I'm honest, I love that orange colour, the Larry orange. It's good, isn't it? It's very nice. But the problem with it is that you can't see it because, like I say, that the the, the the kind of the the um, the rawest example of that colour is on the back. And in my, certainly my setup, I, I, it's facing the wall, you know, to the point where I've thought, how can I rearrange this room so I can always see the back of that iMac when I walk in? Because well, it's, it's, only got, it's only got four ports, so you'll be plucking stuff in and out that's on true. a regular basis. So Sweet. you'll get to see it. Well, actually, no way well, you won't now, will you? Because you've got that that epic Thunderbolt I dock. Have. Yeah, yeah. It's huge, huge Who, who is dock. that? Is that pluggable, Kensington? Um, I can't remember. Pluggable, yeah, pluggable. Who yeah. I had not heard of, actually, but um, really good, actually. I've got... It's, I've got a review coming for that. It's it's a it's a nice nice dock, but um, but yeah, I'll still be swinging swinging the iMac around just to see the color. I think really, but there's one last thing on our list which um, I kind of said that you you could take um, full responsibility for this. I know that it's not your idea, but it's certainly the, the first time I'd heard of it. Which is this idea of the iPhone as a service going forward, uh, because as, as we know, Apple's current and future revenue is based around services and what, what what were your thoughts on this then so the idea being that rather than buy an iphone you kind of you rent it or it's it's very similar to with, with apple one well i mean if you look at all of the effort that they are going to to use recycled materials in their products they've gone so far as building automated robots that can fully disassemble an iphone yep um and there are you know you even in the last, the spring loaded event, they opened with their, their green message. So I can see a future where, and again, if you, if you look at this against things that Tim Cook has said in the past, so on at least one occasion, he said, Apple's not a hardware company hmm. and they've been making every effort to reduce their reliance on the iPhone cash cow by, you know, bringing out these, exciting services like your fitness and your TV. And now we've got the, the high resolution um, music um, and you know, iCloud storage and all of this kind of stuff, rather than people keeping their device for three to five years, because you might have an iPhone for three, four, five years, and they still work great. Or your Mac, certainly. I, I, I imagine people would have those for at least five years. Mm. Rather than having that sort of big expense every three to five years, I can see a future where you've got iPhone as a service where it's like, because they, they already do it to some degree with the iPhone upgrade program yep. where you can pay a monthly fee and then every year um, swap up to, to the new version. And they're, they've been, they're clearly very interested in the understanding the credit market because they've got their credit card now. Hmm. And they've done all of this stuff to make it really easy for them to recycle their devices so if you imagine this full cycle of you you give someone the device as a conduit to the services that you want them to pay for because that's what they're that's what they want i think i think they want everyone to be subscribed to a super premium apple one tier where you get the devices in order to be able to use those services and you pay for it on your apple card and they've got this constant reliable regular revenue stream yep. rather than these super cycles and relying on um you know spec chasing and you know or constantly having to come up with the next because i think we've got as far as we're going to get with phones really yeah we've got foldables possibly to look forward to and but they're 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 good enough now yeah um and so it's now about how much cool stuff can we deliver to people what sort of experiences can we deliver to people via these devices they're media they're the beginning of the customer's relationship with apple ongoing that they would obviously want to last for for decades so that's just my thing and it's not my idea it's not a new idea all the business analysts sort of this crops up frequently mm. over the years um but it just seems to me that when you sort of join the dots all the effort that they've gone to building robots to recycle iphones all of the push that they're having with regards reusing your chargers and this yep. sort of stuff i yeah i can see a world where you pay them a monthly subscription then every two years you hand back your old one that then gets melted down into the following year's iphones or ipads or hmm. macs or whatever it is um and i think that would make the devices more accessible to a lot more people hmm. and it, it'd be a good thing because you've just got this this full circle of you know raw material to device back to component parts and it just goes round and round like that that's 
the sort of future that I think they're trying to head towards. It makes you wonder where they'd stop with that. You know, would they do it with the iPad? Would they do it with the Mac at some stage? Who knows? Why not? The sky's the limit, isn't it? Really, I, I love yeah. the idea. I think it's just got a, a lot. A lot of people have got subscription fatigue, haven't they? We've got so many different subscriptions that go each month. But I, I like what they're doing with Apple One. That makes a huge amount of sense. It, it tidies everything up. You do get a lot for it as well. I think it's quite generous in terms of what you get within it. Um, and maybe if, if if the iPhone, if if hardware was wrapped up in that, yeah, it, it's it sounds like a no brainer when you put it like that. Just lastly, Rob, just WWDC. I think uh, it, we're around the corner now. Probably our next episode will likely be after that. Um, I'm pretty excited. I, I'm getting more excited about, excited about the iPad side of things now, iPad OS. The, the, the potential to effectively use it as an eGPU, perhaps. Not possibly. Yeah, possibly. Although the, the other thought I've got with it is potentially to use it more wholesomely as a um, photo editing device. But So there, there's that, that I'm kind of tempted to go wholesale in with the iPad with that. I don't need the M1 iPad for that. I, I think I can use my 2018 iPad Pro, I think. I'll, I'll certainly find out. Um, but yeah, what they, what are they going to do with iPad OS? That That is what's really... It's either going to be a massive di- disappointment or they're going to really pull something out of the hat. Yeah, I mean, in, in my wild, wacky imagination, what I want to see is... You know, you mentioned that you've used the Logic remote app. Yeah. And you're saying, well, you know, we've seen this kind of thing. It's a bit gimmicky, it's a bit rubbish. But the the key difference there is that you've got um, uh, an application that is controlling computing that is occurring elsewhere. Mm. And what I think, now that you've got a Thunderbolt port and you've got two devices using the same chip, is that actually you could share the processing and have computing happening, happening locally on an M1 iPad as well as stuff that you're doing on the main computer. So you could effectively sort of offload background tasks and things mm. to the M1. Again, this is complete speculation and it is, it will probably never happen, but I think that would be wild, wouldn't it? That, I, totally that they, agree. I mean, the, the iPad is already streets ahead of any other kind of tablet device. The M1 is just setting the world on fire. But if they show a world where you can use them both together, which is not something that anybody else can do. Yep. That would be completely insane. I totally agree. But at the very least, can we please have Final Cut and Logic on it? <laughs> please, Apple. Come on now. Well, at the time of recording, we've got two weeks until we actually find out what's going on. And that will be when our next episode is recorded, Rob. So let's meet back in two weeks and either rejoice in what they've done with the uh, with the iPad or just cry into our pints. Yeah. Cry into our widgets. <laughs> into our widgets. <laughs> Oh no, not not just widgets, please. <laughs> Surely not. Awesome. Cheers, Rob. All right, see you.